What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome to the GOAT District via the Player Profiler Network. We have a very special edition of the GOAT District. The FFPC, a.k.a. the Fantasy Football Players Championship, they're considered the World Series of Poker of Fantasyland. They've been a big partner, big supporter of the GOAT District, as well as Player Profiler, as you guys know, over the past few years. Tonight, we take you backstage with one of the co-owners, co-founders of the FFPC. Then we do a deep dive into the NFC North with you know him as the host of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, a.k.a. Balky, is with us tonight. Guys, we have a huge show. So grab a cold one, sit back, and let's dance. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait em. What is up, Fantasyland? We're back in the GOAT District on a Wednesday night as we do it in the Player Profiler Network. And we have a monster show, Dan, as usual tonight. We're going backstage to the FFPC. We've got the FFPC live, live drafts just around the corner in Vegas. You and I will be attending as the men joining us tonight. And we've got one of the founders tonight that we're going we're gonna to deep dive in you know, see how the company started, where the direction's going. A lot of exciting stuff on the site right now and a lot more coming. And we've got, of course, the man with the beard, the beard of the offseason, that's for sure. You know him as Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He's joining us tonight. You see these two men with us. Guys, remember to subscribe not only to the Player Profiler channel as you see us tonight, but we have the Goat District YouTube channel. Make sure you go subscribe over there. Dan and I are dropping some owner lounges, on the owner lounge episodes. We just dropped fine-tuning a dynasty champion, which is a high-stakes FFPC dynasty team. Dan and I won last year the hard way, and then we made a couple offers uh, in, in that uh, episode trying to upgrade at certain positions. And then we've got some balling episodes we just dropped, and we've got more coming. I sat down with Matty Kiwum and did a 125 buy-in, 200K FFPC BBT one of my favorite tournaments on the site. And we tag team that thing like the Heart, Heart Foundation and that good old Canadian wrestling tag team. Let's get to our guest, man. We got a big show tonight. You know the man below me, Eric Balkman. Balky, what do you what do you prefer? Eric? I was on with you. You you, you kind of gave me the red carpet, but tonight you're the guest. So what do you what do you want to be addressed by? You know, I, I think most people in the HSFF industry knows me, know me as bulky. So I'm good with bulky, but JD, listen, whatever you want, I'm good with. Awesome. Awesome. We, we think, we think, uh, we think bulky's beard keeps touching his, 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 uh, his, uh, 
monitor his keyboard or something there. Let me let me fix the graphics here so we uh, don't cross out our other guests' space. There we go. See, uh, he's back. There we go. Look at that. Sorry about that, guys. So that's my fault. My fault. But yeah, uh, no. Whatever you want to call me, I'm good. Uh, just let's keep the slurs to a minimum tonight. We're all going to be happy. <laughs> and then below Dan, we've got Alex Kaganovsky from the FFPC, one of the founders, one of the owners. He's been, he's one of the reasons that we are here tonight, that Dan and I still do this show. They've been a, a big supporter, a big partner of ours from the beginning, even before we came on YouTube, when we were just a small little podcast, we were always passionate about the FFPC. They were supportive from the beginning and we appreciate that. So we love having them tonight. Alex, we love having you back in the district. We appreciate your time. Ah, thanks. Glad to be here. So Dan, we're going to, we're going to start off, you know, like, like we said, when you and I were kind of putting this show together, a lot of people on player profiler, you know, are newer to the GOAT district and some of them might be new to the FFPC. They might not already be playing on myffpc.com where they can sign up right now for some awesome tournaments, whether best ball redraft or dynasty, but we wanted to kind of do a bit of a backstage, you know, give, give a people not only maybe an introduction to the newer people, but maybe a look behind the curtain for those that are familiar with the FFPC and that are already playing on the site and maybe aren't as familiar with kind of the, the history and that kind of thing. So Alex, we'll start with you. How did the FFPC start and how did you start with the site? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, every time I get a chance to tell the story, um, it's fun to think back and, and especially um, for audiences that may not be familiar with some of the history of um, you know high stakes fantasy football specifically season long as it goes back to kind of the old days 20 years ago a lot of people uh, tend to think that maybe you know uh, eight to ten years ago is kind of when it all started when DraftKings and FanDuel came on the scene but but it really does go well beyond be, uh, before that uh, and for me it started in 2002 when I joined something called the World Championship of Fantasy Football, which at the time was a revolutionary contest, never never been anything like this in, in the fantasy world. And uh, it was started by uh, a couple of old school veterans in, in the uh, industry, Lenny Papano and Mil Cadlick. They're still in the industry now. But, um, you know, we all flew down to uh, Las Vegas at the time. There was really no internet drafting. I mean, there was an internet obviously, but internet drafting was really not that big of a thing. Uh, we all flew to Vegas and uh, we played for $200,000, I believe at the time. And we all entered, uh, you know, it was uh, over a thousand dollars to enter and, you know, all the expenses. I mean, back then it was a big, big deal and it was revolutionary. Uh, and that's where I met uh, my partner, Dave Gerzak. And uh, we started kind of playing that and that became part of our, a huge part of our life. And a few years later, we, you know, uh, I'm going to fast forward. Uh, there's a lot of history that kind of happened over those years, but uh, that was really the reason the FFPC was launched because someone else actually took the uh, had the foresight of launching another contest, the World Championship of Fantasy Football, before us. But we felt we, you know, we could do it a little differently, a little better, possibly, uh, and we launched the FFPC in 2008. So uh, it was a tiny little event. It was kind of. Uh, piggybacking at the time off the world championship of fantasy football. And it was, uh, it, it was really just, uh, you know, kind of like, we didn't know what we were doing, honestly. Um, and, and that's really where it started. So that that's kind of the Genesis. Um, and then, uh, you know, 
it just took off from there. It took off slowly but surely, but it took off. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, one of the one of the things that you brought to the the space was uh, I believe you guys were the first ones to fully escrow prize money. Is that true? Yeah, that's one of the reasons that we launched the FFPC. We, there was a lot of you know again going back to kind of the wild west of of, of uh, you know fantasy sports back then. A lot of contests were folding. The World Championship Fantasy Football eventually folded, not paying out uh, tons mm. of money with new ownership. By the way, I don't want to throw the uh, original uh you know gangsters under the bus it was it was done by the new ownership but back then dan it was um it was a wild wild west there was uh uh there was no regulations there was no licensing and uh there was a lot of like kind of cottage industry you know uh fantasy sites that uh that ended up folding and a lot of people got screwed yeah for sure i've heard i've heard a lot of stories from back in those days about people who got screwed i was i was not on the scene quite yet I was playing yep. fantasy football, but I just wasn't uh, doing it at quite that level. So, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that really drew me to the FFPC was just knowing that, hey, you know, the money is safe. We know that. And that's a you know, that's a great place to start from. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. We decided uh, before again, before the regulatory uh, rules were in place, that that's kind of we, what we wanted to do as part of our marketing strategy. But also it's something we felt was the right thing to do to show the customers that, you know, your money is protected. And, you know, that that actually, you know, it, it to this day, it looks like you remember those days. So, um, you know, then, you know, the years later, we started getting licensed and now we're obviously licensed and regulated. So, uh, you know, the ESCO, you know, that changed over the years. Now we, we answer into a higher authority, so to speak, you know, like mm -hmm. international. Uh, but uh, but back then, yeah, we just did it because we thought it was the right thing to do. And, and I'll piggyback on that too. And, and and I think Alex hammered this point home, but I just want to emphasize it too. Like before anything was going on with the WCOF with the new owners and everything where, where you know, they, they were defaulting and they weren't paying out players. The FFPC started like with the escrow, like that was a big thing. So prior to any of this thing happening, you know, all these things happening with the WCOF, the FFPC was a little bit ahead of the curve in escrowing prize funds. And I think not necessarily year one, Alex, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like year two, year three, that that that's where the leaps and bounds were with the FFPC. Yeah. Well, we 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 had a feeling that we knew where you know that that other organization was heading, and um, you know so so we you know again seeing all this craziness in the industry, we felt it was really important. But yeah, a few years later, uh, you know that organization was gone, and a lot of those players came over to us, and that I think it was 2010, I want to say, where we made a pretty big leap forward. We started increasing our grand prizes, increasing our contest. Obviously, you know, uh, it was no longer just live uh, events in Las Vegas. The the online drafting became a really big deal, uh, although everyone waited till like August and July, July and August to draft. Uh, of course, now we're drafting, in, you know, before uh, before the Super Bowl in January. Right. So we've <laughs> came a long way. But, you know, all of that, all of that took years and years to kind of you know, every year it's like, hey, why don't we start the draft uh, in April? And why don't we start the draft in March? Why don't we start them in January? So, <laughs> and that's, I, and, I, I don't that's, know anybody, Alex, who might have pressured you to do so. Yeah, right. who, who would <laughs> ever do that? Who would ever do that? No one here, that's for sure. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this, guys, just real quick. That's always player, like players influence that. Like players are always, we're not the ones like trying to release it early. Like the players are always requesting it. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. I can, I can definitely say, um, I, I know that I used to badger Alex incessantly 
about uh, getting those contests going and everything. And I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, you guys have been very responsive on that, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and let's let's talk a little bit about that, Alex. I mean, hold, you know, hold, on, we, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, man, sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, buddy. We got our friends, the FFPC, we've got our friends, the player profiler. We got, we got to abide by some guidelines here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to go a quick message from our sponsors who we have on tonight. And we're going to come back and talk about one of my favorite reasons. You guys just touch on one of them what brought me to the FFPC, but one of the reasons I've continued to play and invest on the FFPC is for something we're going to talk about. Dan, you, you were just about to touch on it, but you know, I want to keep the surprise. So let's go to a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back after this. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the world series of fantasy? What's the super bowl of fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. And we're back. So... Dan, you started touching on it. This is something I, I did want to bring up because, like I said, this is one of the reasons I, I kept playing on the FFPC. Look, I was like a, a Canadian kid that was kind of felt alone when it came to fantasy football online because none of my friends played, you know, for, that that were locally anyways. And then there's the, the money safety aspect, which you guys touched on. But there's nothing worse with dealing with a website and you can't reach anyone and you're, you, you've got an issue, especially if you're in a draft and you've invested, you know, a few hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand, whatever it is that you're investing. And there's an issue. I don't know, Dan, I, I'm pretty sure this is what you were going to touch on. But my favorite thing right now with the FFPC, someone who's been playing on it for a long time, is Chris and the customer service level, which these days I don't see that type of that level of customer service. Um, that personal touch, the urgency, the sense of urgency that we feel when we're in the draft room, that's the urgency you get in the response. Dan, I don't know if you want to add anything to that before we pass to Alex. No, I think that's, uh, that's about perfectly stated. So uh, congratulations, Alex, on, uh, on having a fine, fine person running the, the nuts and bolts of the show. I mean, I, I, I just cannot imagine what it would be like without her. So yeah. Uh, Appreciate, appreciate all that she brings. We want to make sure we mention her yeah. um, as well, and 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 let Alex talk a little bit about her. What uh, what what he means, what she means on the business end too. Yeah, and uh, it's you know all roads kind of go back to you know years ago. Chris Lambert is the person you're talking about, and that's a her, by the way, not a him. Um, and a lot of people make that mistake uh, initially because they she sends the email and. Um, you know, Chris, she's Christina, but she's, she writes Chris and they're like, Hey dude, <laughs> like, <"Not> a dude. 
So, um, but she she actually goes back to the World Championship of Fantasy Football to 2002. She is a very good friend of uh, Lenny, the guy who started uh, that company, that contest. And when new ownership took over, she came over and started working with us. Um, I believe it was 2009, and she became kind of the cog. I mean, you know, she uh, she is the white glove service uh, that you know people just can't can't uh, offer uh, other you know nobody can offer really because she wakes up at four in the morning sometimes she has a crazy schedule i must say uh, i don't force her to do it but she wakes up and and people are like hey why do i have a timestamp of four in the morning of you answering emails <laughs> but that's that's kind of what she does and uh, we've heard that for years and years and um you know she she has that personal touch she has a personal relationship with a lot of customers now over the years it's thousands of customers before it used to be just a handful you know or a few hundred and now it's really everybody that touches her that she touches realizes how important she is and she uh, actually started mentoring over the last few years she started ment mentoring some of uh, the new customer service uh you know uh crop of the FFPC, so uh, we're nice. we're all kind of following that that lead that you know customer service is super important, and we try to answer our emails as soon as possible and try to do the best job we can. I, yeah, I've never seen a, a company quite so responsive. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, really at all hours, as as you mentioned, uh, I'm I'm a little bit surprised sometimes <laughs> how late yeah. she's how late she's up or how early she's up. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it's it's fantastic. Um, I also wanted to ask, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing to differentiate the FFPC in kind of a crowded space, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of competition coming in. You know, we, we hear a lot about, you know, there's underdog is really big. There's drafters. There's, you know, of course, all the uh, DFS, um, you know, and then uh, other sites as well that are doing just kind of the season-long stuff. But, you know, what, what do you do to differentiate in that space, Alex, and uh, kind of keep the, the FFPC fresh? Well, what we, you know, what we've kind of, uh, I think, realized over the years as we started to grow, um, what we wanted to do is kind of introduce as many new, you know, players to the FFPC as possible and to, you know, to kind of to expand the community, right? To, to you know, you have our, we have our high state community and you guys all know each other. There's, you know, a few thousand of you and you guys are all on Twitter and, 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 uh, you know, in the private chats, discord, what may, you know, whatever it may be, but you know, you don't want to just keep banging heads against, you know, with each other constantly. I mean, I know you do, but I think what we realized, we really wanted to bring as many new and fresh faces to the FFPC. That was a big goal of ours and nobody really was doing it to the degree kind of that we felt was important. And as we started to do that, you know, we were able to grow the contest and, you know, every year when, you know, the, as, as some of our contests grew, we, we were kind of surprised. And now finally we got to the point where we're offering $2 million grand prize contest. And, you know, it's kind of like, wow, you know, we, we, we're, we're getting there where we are, where we never thought we would be, but now our, that is our differentiator. We, you know, the FFPC, our new slogan is we make millionaires. And, you know, that's kind of what we want to do. You know, we want to continue making millionaires two, three per year, maybe four, maybe five a year as the rest of our contests grow. Maybe we'll have a million dollar playoff challenge, a million dollar uh, uh, best ball tournament. So, um, you know, that that's really the it's 
you know, bringing in the new users, the new players, introducing them to the format, uh, keeping season long alive, flag alive. You know, it's not, it's, there's, there's no crazy formats, you know, there's no salary caps. There's no, you know, pick them games and all the formats to learn. It's just fantasy football, just like, you know, and love and just keep making millionaires. That's kind of, that, that's where we, uh, that's our pitch, right, Balky? I think to Alex's point, like, you know, managed leagues, and while we do plenty of best ball, I mean, we, we do best ball a, a ton uh, over the course of the last, you know, half decade plus. I think the thing to keep in mind here is we all kind of grew up um, playing fantasy football with managed leagues where we're drafting with our buddies, we're placing waivers every week, we're setting lineups every week. And I think sometimes that kind of gets forgotten in this space. But we've created a really cool community of a lot of high stakes players and some non high stakes players, and quite frankly, a lot of non high stakes players mm-hmm. that have come up that have started off with like a $5 best ball league and they really like it. And then they up it to like a $35 the next year. Then the next year they're playing in the fantasy pros championship. And then the next year they're playing for a million bucks in the main event. Well, now you can play a million bucks in the fantasy pros championship and the, and the main event as well. So I think that the thing to, to keep in mind here and, and, and something that we don't really, we don't really bring out as much as like, you know, the fantasy football that you grew up on with your family, with your office, with your friends, with, you know, whatever, your college buddies. Like, this is sort of like the community that we have here. And each and every year, organically, it grows more and more, which makes the prizes deeper, which makes the prizes bigger. And and it, like uh, Dave Gerzak always says, you know, we've created a really cool community with a lot of like-minded fantasy football players. And we love people to be a part of it. I don't know anybody who's become a part of it and like, oh, God, to hell with these guys. I'm out. Like yeah. most people, once they're in, they're like, God, this is awesome. And and it's what we strive for. Yeah. And, and you know, to, the differentiation is, you know, from best ball, best ball is great. I mean, you know, we all love best ball, right? You draft as many teams as you can. But and, and of course, you know, you could talk about that and the strategy and there's still plenty of banter. But there's nothing like season long. There's, it's like dynasty. There's nothing like dynasty. It creates. Yeah the level of uh, com- the type of community that other formats n- do not and never will. You know, uh, DFS didn't, uh, these pick'em games won't, and best ball won't. It's only season long that creates this type of community. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's something we're big on is you need all three, man. Like, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like being an athlete and just playing the games and, you know, practice. Talk about practice. We say it often. Best ball is just practice, right? The the real money, the million dollars. I mean, that's what you're after, right? We 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 call it the Millie Billies on our show. And look, that's that's Dan and I. We're we're FFPC. That's how we met. That's how we know each other. That's I mean, he's one of my best friends now, you know. And and it's all through the FFPC as well as Theo and Andrew, you know. So you guys, are, the the community that you guys build, there's sub branches of that. We've seen the pros versus Joes, which we were, you know lucky enough or awesome enough to win last year, whichever one you want to chalk it up as. But uh, you guys put that together for the community with uh, with Darren over there at Fantasy Mojo. Um, you guys do a lot for the community and we appreciate that. And we appreciate, uh, you know, the, like you said, that little high stakes community is, is cool, man. It's like a little family, you know? And, yeah. and Dan and Dan is part of the, um, the, the live draft family, which is a whole different community entirely <laughs> no i'm coming is, i'm coming yeah, alex jd is going to be out there this year we got we, oh yeah i'll be there for a couple. I, yeah. I, I i told his wife that uh when we were out <laughs> when we met out in portugal i said i'm taking him out to vegas and you can't do anything about it so uh, <laughs> sure enough well be careful because now you, once you go once you go there you may never not go again you you become a lifer i mean that's what 
a lot of our, you know, Dan knows knows these people. I mean, they're lifers, and that's what they call themselves. They yeah. do not miss this for anything, even during COVID. You know? I, I showed up in uh, 2012, and it, it, and this is kind of the, you know, this is one of the things I like about the FFPC. You know, I did uh, um, a football guys contest the previous year, and I won a main event. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, why do I want to sit at home and draft this thing? Why why wouldn't <laughs> I go out to Vegas and draft it? You know, I didn't know a soul out in Vegas, really. Um, but I got out there and man, what an experience. I mean, it was, it was just fantastic. Uh, you know, just so much going on, you know, and, and you're going around and there's, there's a lot of people, you know, that I didn't know by personally, but I knew them by name and reputation and everything else. And, you know, just getting to meet these people and find out, you know, Hey, they, they put on their pants one, one leg at a time, like everybody else. <laughs> Uh, you know, they're very, very normal people. They're very uh, friendly people. They love to talk about uh, fantasy football. They love to, you know, so, you know, you, you go out there and it's not like, you know, you're just on your own or anything like that. I mean, you know, all, yeah. you, all you have to do is just say hi around your draft table and pretty soon yeah. you're meeting other people and other people. So it's a, and, it's a great experience. And to that point, Dan, I mean, your experience is not unique. And it's, sometimes it's not even like, hey, hi, hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm Eric Balkman from Wisconsin. Sometimes it's just like you go like at break. You're like, oh, God, I was really hoping I'd get Kyle Pitts there. And you snaked him from me. And then like yeah. stuff like that just branches off and all of a sudden lifelong friendships. Right. You know, and and podcasts are developed and websites are developed based on people meeting each other out at the FFPC. And it's so great every single year. And, and I know it sounds cheesy or whatever, but like that, that is the honest to God truth is people make, you know, they go out there like you, Dan, and I know plenty of other people have gone out there, didn't know a soul, and then they didn't want to leave or they couldn't wait to come back the next year to hang out with these people. And I think it was a couple of players have, have referred to it as like Christmas day, right? Because yes. they're unwrapping their presents. They only see these people once a year or what have you out in Las Vegas. It's a lot like a holiday where you're coming home to meet your family and, and hang out with them. Only the difference is uh, a lot of people just love their family in this aspect where that's not always the case at Thanksgiving and Christmas or what have you. Like you get to choose your friends out at the FFPC, which we like. And you yes. know, it's a, it's the big secret actually, the, the live events, even though they're not a secret per se, but the big secret is, is what an awesome time it is. And, and people are like, yeah, you know, like I have to, you know, the ones that don't know, they, they're like, oh, I gotta, you know, fly all, all the way out to Vegas just to draft a team. And, you know, I could do that at home from the computer. No, that, that's the, that's the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. That's the part that, you know, JD will, will experience. That's the part that, that Dan got in 2012 when he arrived. And, you know, and people who were with us, you know, back in, in the old days of, of the World Championship Fantasy Football, I experienced, I was there. See, that's how I know, because I was there in 2002 for the World Championship Fantasy Football. I walked into that ballroom. So I know exactly what you guys are experiencing. And it's freaking amazing. And I never wanted to stop. Yep, exactly. And the, and the nice thing is, you know, I mentioned how I got there. I, you know, I won a football guys, which got me a main event, you know, and that's one thing you guys do really well. You offer a lot, a lot of opportunities to level up, you know, mm-hmm. you could start at $5 if you want to. It's a lot easier to start at $35, but you know, yeah. you can start at five if you want to, um, you know, it's a nice way to learn the game and, you know, but you can do $35 league. You can win a, a, a $350 league. And then the next year you can win a $350 league and you can be going out to the main event and you spent $35 and two years later, you're at the main event. Yeah. We have more of those, more of those people like, like uh, Balky actually mentioned that, 
more than you would think. Um, just a ton, a ton of people can't come in on. They may have used some promo years ago and they got some half, you know, $35 at like $25 off, whatever the case may be. And the next thing they know, like a few years later, they're playing multiple main events mm -hmm. and they're playing multiple dynasties. Uh, and a lot of our audience. The world. Yeah. yeah, a lot of our audience, Alex. We, we hear those stories in the DMs, uh, you know, we name it from Harry Snowman to, to 1912. Like all those guys, you hear those stories. They tell us in the DMs all the time. Joey. Uh, is another guy that tells us often that you know he started listening to our show jumped on the ffpc started with a small something small and now he's got you know dynasty teams he's in he's in the redraft tournaments and yeah. they get excited about it and it's like you said you get a taste of it and you're hooked i know i, I my first run was in a, a football guys den I, I was fifth place going into the last weekend i've told this story before i had andrew luck my favorite quarterback you know at, at the helms and he just went to jacksonville and, and shit the bed and, and i finished in 22nd that year but just that taste, you know, I've been after it since. And uh, I can't wait to go to Vegas. So, guys, if you haven't checked it out, go right now, myffpc.com, sign up for the main event. You can sign up to the time slots. They're all there right now. You can sign up for the tournaments, you know, plan your schedule, plan your flights if you need to, your your hotel. I know I just went on, booked it right away, talked to Dan about some dates, and, and we've got a couple of drafts we're going to be doing. I know Dan's got way more. He's a, he's a popular guy down there. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time. We're definitely looking forward to it before we get to, to the NFC North, Alex, is there anything, whether it's about the Vegas drafts or, or anything else about the FFPC that's coming up or, or something that we haven't touched on that you, you want to make sure that the listeners know about, you know, at, at this point, there's really not much more to talk about it. I mean, you get to, you know, if you want to draft it's August, um, uh, you know, you get to you get to the FFPC, you get to the site, you 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 decide how much you know how much you kind of uh, you know what your level of entry is, man, and you just dive in. There's leaks filling, morning, afternoon, night, late night. Uh, weekends are going to be absolutely crazy. Balky's uh, commissioning a lot of the big the big drafts, uh, so he knows. I mean, it's going to be absolutely insane. You know, it's uh, it, it's kind of. Um, you know, like you don't have to wait around. I think is probably the most important thing to realize. You don't have to wait around. The leagues are filling very, very quickly, uh, which is which is kind of rare in the industry uh, outside of uh, only a handful of places, including us. So I'm I'm happy to. I, I always like to throw that in because you know a lot of people just are used to like oh you know I enter a league and then I got to wait two days to fill. Well, that those days are over. It's August, baby. It's draft season. And you can do live, you can do slow drafts, two hours, six hour. There's there's different ways you can do it. Slim, 28 deep. Sit and goes. Everything. Yeah, there's yeah. there's too many options uh, for you to, to, you know, to choose from. So make sure you check it out, myffpc.com. Valky, before we get into the NFL stuff, the fantasy stuff, how did you get involved with the FFPC? And, yeah, what, what, exactly, and what exactly is your role? Like, are you the secret silent president? No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. No, no I, interestingly enough, so uh, co-founder Dave Gerzak, um, I actually work uh, with him at a, at a uh, another uh, business, and he kind of uh, subcontracted me and said, "Hey, I need you to help me out with this new fantasy football business." And he and I played fantasy football for twenty plus years, so you know, like he, like we knew, you know, we were kind of on the same page as far as fantasy football goes. So, um, it, it, funny enough, like the way I got into it, uh, JD was. Um, I would be staying up late. This was when the FFPC started in 2008 or whatever. I would be staying up late, um, and he would send me pictures of draft boards via email. This is before we had people to like enter in the yeah. actual you know drafts or whatever. Um, he would send so I'd like 
you know, it's like 10 o'clock Vegas time. It's like 12, you know, midnight central time for me. And he's sending me these pictures of draft boards and I would stay up till probably about four or five in the morning entering in these, entering, these, the, yeah. entering in the rosters for these. And then sort of, I don't know what it was like, like, uh, I don't know if Dave and Alex had a conversation like, God, you know, Balky is really good at this data entry. Maybe we should expand his role a little bit. I don't know what it was. But um, but from there, like my role kind of expanded. Then, you know, I, I continued to do that every year. Then I was commissioning online drafts. Um, then uh, Dave pitched me the idea of doing the high stakes fantasy football hour basically on a Wednesday. This is people don't know this. He basically pitched it to me an idea is like, hey, uh, on a, a random Wednesday and whatever it was, April or something, he's like, we're going live with the high stakes fantasy football hour on Friday. I'm like, what? And two days later, we had a guest book. David Hubbard was our first ever guest. Nice. We had it booked two days later. And yeah. now we've been doing that show for 13 years. It's expanded to the road of his high stakes loan out. It's expanded to the high stakes fantasy football show on Better Sports Network. Um, and it's just taken off from there. I, I, you guys have seen me out in Vegas, Dan. I know you have where I facilitate some of the, the 10K, the 5K, the 3K leagues out there with the high society, the big payback and, and, and varsity. And, and it's just been, it's been quite a ride. So kind of like, I would never say I'm I'm the FFPC janitor, but I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff that that um, that uh, ne- needs to be done. Um, I do a lot of obviously stuff with media. I mean, you can catch me on SiriusXM. Clean up on aisle four. Exactly, that's what I do. And like when I get that message, I'm like, okay, here's my mop, here's my bucket. Let's get this wiped. What, what's the fancy go. word for janitor again? What is that? Custodian. I'm custodian, the custodian. Sanitation engineer, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> to piggyback, the last thing I want to say about coming out to live in Vegas, and I know this sounds hokey, and it's going to come off as hokey, and I don't care. But there's a, a lot of times we tell people like, "Hey, come out to Vegas, draft live. You won't forget it. It's it's an unbelievable experience." And um, you know, we say that, and a lot of people are like, "Okay, well, that's you know, I've I've heard this sales pitch before. I don't I don't really need to go out to Vegas." But I'll tell you. The people who have taken advantage of it, I've had, I mean, I've countless, dozens of people have come up to me, Balky, you were totally right. FFPC was totally right. Drafting live with all these other people, it's so much better than drafting online. And drafting online is fine. Plenty of people go to Vegas, also draft online. But I'm telling you, and I'll just pitch this, it's not a line that we're feeding you. This, this is actually a great experience. You can do whatever the heck you want in Vegas and drafting with 11 other like-minded people or, or several other like-minded people if you're playing multiple drafts out there it's truly an awesome experience and i would encourage everybody to do it it it, it is a show out there no no doubt about it you will see people in costume you will um you know (laughs) you 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 will have some crazy interactions at the draft table i mean it's just it's so much fun because you know you you are literally sitting down at a table with everybody who's going to be in the league with you and you know you you kind of um you know, you, you just get a chance to, to know who it is that you're drafting against, you know, and mm-hmm. and there might be the one guy that you're like, you know what, I couldn't stand him. I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but more of the time, it's it, it's like, hey, these, you know, these guys are pretty cool. And, uh, you know, you just kind of enjoy the, the competition a little bit more throughout the year because of that fact. And also the last thing is, I mean, the backdrop is Vegas. Come on, guys and gals. Yeah. If even if the FFPC, you don't like the live drafts, and I can't imagine that you would ever say that, you still got Vegas in the background going on 24-7 around you. I mean, you know, who can have a bad time in Vegas? And, and guys, face it, if you're not, if you're not, if you're in the U.S. and you're not north of the border like I am, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to go to, to fly to Vegas, first of all. Right. Second of all, the FFPC has a deal with Planet Hollywood, which I took advantage of for a discounted rate on the rooms. 
So that's another way you can save to get to go there. The same way you pay for a subscription for Rotoviz or one of these sites, and you consider that as your investment into the season, this is you investing in your drafts. You're taking your game to the next level. You're spending a couple grand, over a thousand on an entry. That's part of the investment is the, the flight, the hotel, the experience, you know, step it up, step it up. You want to step up your game. That's part of it. And that's, that's, uh, I, th I think we pitched it enough. You, I mean, you guys go out there and experience for yourself and come back to us. If you're not satisfied, Alex will give you all your money back. He told us. Yeah. You know, it's, the funny thing is I've never, I've never pitched the live events or heard a, a group of people pitch the live events as, as, as much as we just did here in the last half hour, because that's not what we do necessarily yeah. live event. Like I said, it's kind of like a secret society type of thing. So we, we are, you know, I, I, you know, if, if whoever listened to this, if you're not if you're not signing up this year or definitely next year for the live events, then, you know, we have totally failed. This, this pitch <laughs> has been a failure. <laughs> yeah, no. But but at the same time, that's why we wanted to have Alex on, because we, we know you guys are not a like in your face type of, um, you know, marketing uh, strategy. So we wanted to give the opportunity to because we talk about it and we, we think maybe people already know about it because, you know, they're watching the show and they see the name. But. I think right. this this gave a really good kind of backstage pass as as we called it peek behind the curtain so hopefully you guys got value out of that balky before we get into um you know the nfc north we're going to touch on a bit of news we're going to have to do a bit more of a rapid fire just to respect uh, the schedule that we're on on the player pro profiler network but we will we will load those last 20 minutes balky the fantasy pros just happened you guys did how many drafts Name some people who were involved other than obviously the GOAT district. How did it go? And just what, what, what do you want people to know about the Pros versus Joe's tournament? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's always a great uh, uh, tournament every single year. Um, you know, we cover it live on the HSFF Hour and on the FFPC YouTube channel. And it's it's obviously we, we get the most eyes on it. It's it's tremendous. Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com basically organizes this every single year. The Joes are drawn randomly from everybody signed up for the FFPC main event. So we're basically getting the best players in the world. We're in the FFPC main event going against the FFPC pros, the best pros in the world, of which you guys are the defending champs. Congratulations to you defending the belt, uh, UJD, uh, Dan Williamson, and uh, Theo Greminger. So good luck in, in doing that this year. But it's it's so much fun like because um, I think a lot of people, especially people who follow these guys and subscribe to the content, uh, on their websites or on Twitter or whatever, they're, they're of the belief that these guys are the best players in the world. And then as the FFPC pros versus Joe's results show every single year, the pros maybe aren't the best players in the world because, and you guys, and you're, you're technically pros, but all you guys play in the FFPC significantly. So you kind of know, you know, obviously the dual flex, the tight end premium, you kind of know how these drafts go, but like the Joe's consistently are, are, are very well represented uh, on the top leader, uh, top of the leaderboard every single year. And, and I think um, for, for us to be able to put this on where we're pitting six people that are poning up, you know, the better part of $2,000 to go for a million bucks in the FFPC main event versus six other people um, that are in the FFPC or in the uh, fantasy football industry. It's so compelling um, to, to see um, strategies clash and, um, you know, different builds and, and obviously team construction. It, it goes haywire every single draft because you can build your, your draft any which way uh, that you want to to try to win your your main event league to get into the 2024 FFPC main event. Uh, I love it. I love covering these drafts. I love seeing um, you know the best the FFPC has to offer versus the best that fantasy football uh, the industry has to offer every single year. 
and uh, we're going to continue it going forward. And and it's 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 such a joy being able to watch it, um, you know, up close with the first row, uh, front row seat. And then it's it's also awesome that that we're you know last few years we've been broadcasting it via video, so everybody else basically has that front row seat, and you can check it out for yourself. And then maybe try to beat uh, these FFPC Joes in the main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship as well. Yeah, it's it's a great tournament. Dan was initially invited the first. Uh, was it last year, Dan? You were you were invited as a pros. Dan was generous enough to include uh, to make it kind of like a goat district, you know, a draft. Mm-hmm. And Dan, uh, Theo, like you said, was involved. Andrew Schellenberg was the fourth. Uh, the four of us drafted, and we took it down. And and now we're going to enjoy that prize in Vegas. We're going to do that live draft, which is which is again, you know, yes. going back to kind of that that upscaling uh, that you can do on the site. Now, let's get into the goodness. Uh, uh, Eric, you're, you're in Wisconsin. You mentioned it, you know, probably a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm sure, I'm sure people know that (laughs) you've got a new quarterback. You guys kind of like the Colts had that, you know, the back to back, you know, we had Manning and then luck and then that didn't go so well, but you guys had obviously Favre and then Rogers. How do you feel about Jordan Love as a Packers fan? How do you feel about him for 2023 fantasy wise? And what pieces do you like around him in that offense? Well, just just to kind of talk about what I've been saying about Love for the better part of the year, I don't think he's going to be – I think he could be a pro bowler. I don't think he's ever going to be an all-pro. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think the streak of back-to-back um, Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Green Bay stops with, with Jordan Love. And that's not an indictment on Love. I mean, certainly there's a non-zero chance uh, that, that he could be a Hall of Famer. I don't see it happening. Uh, the difference here is, and why I'm excited about the Packers offense this year, probably not as much as Dave Terpoli, who co-hosts a lot of the FFPC Prosters with Joe's. He's higher on the Packers offense than I am. Um, sure. But I think Love's going to be all right. And the fact that you can get him as, you know, uh, between quarterback 15 and quarterback 22 right now, um, when you're drafting for a million bucks in the Fantasy Pro Championship for the main event, I think that's right where he should be going. Um, I think he's going to be okay. As far as his weapons go, I think 2023 could be the learning year, right? Uh, and I think 2023 is going to be a year where uh, Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Musgrave, Kraft, all these guys kind of grow up with love. So it's going to be a little bit rough. So for best ball, yeah, I can get on board with these guys. Um, redraft right now, JD, I'll tell you that I like the, the value that you can get on Romeo Dobbs. I like the value that you can get on Luke Musgrave. These are guys that have been talked up in camp. Musgrave, I know, has probably been reported as um, probably the most reported thing about him has been his drops. But the thing is, and, and I think this is overlooked, he is running way ahead of the other guys, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, Tucker Kraft. He's running way ahead of these guys with the ones uh, this year. And I think, um, you know, the last time the Packers invested this high of draft capital in in tight ends, it worked out with him with not only Jermichael Finley, but Bubba Franks as well. Say what you will about Bubba Franks. Dude was a pro bowler for what it's worth. So I like Musgrave late, especially in a tight end premium format like the FFPC. Uh, Jaden Reed, I know, is getting steamed up by a lot of people, a lot of high stakes players late uh, as, as it looks like he's going to be the starting slot receiver in Green Bay. I'm shying away from Watson because I think people are loving Watson too much right now. I think Dobbs, especially in a full PPR format like the FFPC, makes a lot of sense when you can get him, especially in the early double-digit rounds of the Fantasy Pro Championship, the main event. I, I really like that there. I think Matt Schneidman, by the way, covers the Packers from the Athletic. Um, he said like a month ago, who is going to lead? Somebody was asking him who's going to lead the Packers in receptions, and he said it's going to be Dobbs. Um, so Watson is interesting for best ball, but for me, the disparity of six and a half, seven rounds, to me, I'd rather have Dobbs over Watson. I like Musgrave late. 
Um, I still think Aaron Jones chronically, this is not a, a Jordan Love thing. I think uh, Aaron Jones has been chronically undervalued uh, in drafts, even under Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's a great pick this year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big A.J. Dillon guy. I've never been a big uh, A.J. Dillon guy. So I'm probably fading guys like Watson and Dillon. I'm willing to take stabs on uh, Musgrave and Reed late. Um, and then I, I, I think there's a, a case to be said um, if you want a, a decent number four receiver, a uh, decent number five receiver with a certain amount of upside, I think uh, Romeo Dobbs fits that bill. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to with Watson because he was so dominant last year. He, he just looked like a beast, you know, especially in the red zone. Um, but we talk about it often on this show. When you have a new quarterback, you never know which way he's going to go, who he's going to gravitate to, which, which you know, obviously the offense is going to favor the – the more talented guys, but I'll say this about the drops guys. I don't know, Dan, you remember, do you remember this kid named uh, Jamar Chase when he first uh, came in camp was dropping I'll, a couple I'll balls. tell you, I'll tell you even a better one. And, and this, this JD, this hits home even closer to green Bay, Devonte Adams, mm -hmm. yes. green Bay Packers fans wanted this guy caught. He's not years. even his rookie year, his second year. They're like, wait, this is a wasted pick. Get rid yeah. of Adams. This guy's going to be a massive boss. That was a guy who struggled with drops for a while. And now he's arguably the best receiver in pro football behind Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, so some guys take a little longer to learn some guy and guys it's football. They're, they're getting thrown bombs from these guys. Like they're going to drop a couple in training camp, give them a break. Alex, is there anyone we haven't talked about or is there someone maybe that we did mention that you do like in this green Bay offense going into 2023 and how bullish are you on them? If, if, if at all. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was waiting for you to put me on the spot so that I could I could uh, admit to something that I'm a little bit embarrassed about. And Balky knows this a little bit, uh, but I do not do any fantasy studying until around August, which is starting right now. Starting. I literally, yeah, I, and the reason I think what I realize is is I it just starts to I start to get consumed by the FFPC and and I, and it starts to get and I love fantasy so I, I you know I start to get too consumed by that as well and it starts to be too much for me so um, in all, I, I do have to obviously prepare for my for some of my drafts and I and I will do that now but at this point like I haven't even looked at a depth chart so okay. some of the names that uh, Eric was mentioning uh, are I don't even know who those guys are <laughs> well yeah. Alex you know what you should speak to is all the slot receivers for your beloved Giants this year because that's that's yeah, something that go. we're trying to figure that out for fantasy. Like who's like the that. giant who's the Giants receiver to own? Because they're all going super late right now. Tell in us, please tell us. Yes. Yeah. The I mean that we we kind of laugh about that with some of my giant fans. Um I believe me, I'm certainly not one to uh to learn to know anything any inside that others don't, but uh, I, there is a strategy. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, everyone, there's a name for every draft strategy. I don't know what the name for this one is, but draft the last guy available. Is that, is that, what's the name of that strategy? Yes. There's gotta that be a, like, that sounds like a code district strategy, Dan. We, we, we do that often. <laughs> yeah. That's, it sounds so like I my think, Patriots running back strategy. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly Patriots where it's from. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think, so I think drafting, maybe not the very last guy available, but kind of like if you put, let's say the top five or six of them, that you feel uh, have a shot because you know a couple of them might get cut before it's all said and done. You would you would assume, right? I mean, they're not gonna go into the season with eight freaking Munchkin wide receivers, are they? I mean, I, but um, but yeah. Anyway, that's what my recommendation is. Don't try to figure it out. Uh, just take the the fourth or fifth guy available. 
Oh, man, that's that's like it's a message we often repeat here because we say it, we don't know shit. Like people think they no. know everything that's going to happen. And that's one thing I never try to pretend is I don't know shit. Like, I don't know who's going to be starting. I don't know, especially in these obscure situations. And Dan, we've talked about that often. You talk about the Patriots running back because that's the classic is taking the last guy, the best value when there's no, now you're starting to hear like the Miami backfield. You, you know, you wanted to hit on that kind of obscurity in our, in our draft recently. Yep. Yeah. Humility when it comes to drafting is definitely, it, it, it can be a costly lesson if you let it be or uh, it can come a little cheaper and uh, it's, it's a lot easier if it comes cheaper just 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 be humble to start with and <laughs> don't uh don't think you know more than everybody else that's that's the most important thing right there for sure to that point dan like that's something i struggled with especially having all these great guests on the hsff hour you know even though that these these guests that we've had on have won five and six uh figure grand prizes and, and and now seven figure grand prizes like sometimes they come out and be like what are these guys talking about? <laughs> like it's their strategy makes no sense i can't believe this worked out for them and i would say about it took me and i'm embarrassed to say this it took me about four or five years into doing the hsff hour before i realized you know what maybe i should actually put pride aside open up my mind to some things that are, have obviously been working out for some of these players. Some who have had multiple appearances on the podcast because they know what they're doing. And, and it goes back to the, and I don't know who said this might've been Confucius, but uh, it was something like um, the wise man knows that there is much he doesn't know. And ever since I've adapted that philosophy to fantasy football, I think it's made me a more well-rounded player. And I think the way that you guys do your stream and your podcast, everything, like you never um, purport to know everything. You never purport to say, this is the right way to do it, guys. You're always, you're always opening things up to like, you can do this strategy. They're, they're, we're open to this here. And, like, and, and there's a lot of different ways to win, especially in the FFPC. And I think that you guys drive that home. And it's something that I've tried to, um, bring into my mind as, as a player in, in my private leagues or what have you over the course of, you know, uh, ever since I've adopted this like 10 years or, or so ago, I think that's so important for everybody who's watching this to understand, like, before you just, you know, poo poo somebody who, who says something, really analyze it and look, look at it from the standpoint of like, okay, if this guy is wrong, why is he wrong? If this woman is is spouting off stuff that is not true, why is why is she lying here? Like you have to like really break it down. And I think for me, oftentimes when I do that, I find out, you know what? There is some there is some truth to what they're saying here, and I should probably adapt it to the way I draft and manage my leagues. And that that applies to everything in life, right? Being open and open-minded mm -hmm. to that that opens doors to everything, right? As opposed to like kind of being shut down and thinking my way is the only way. I know everything. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're lucky. We have an audience that seems open. They come in our chat. They, they discuss everybody banters, good questions. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't pretend to know more, we, you know, Dan and I bring people that we, that have had success. Like you said, Belki, they're doing something right. You know, yes. so, so you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're not listening to, to the programming, the content that's out there, the guys that have done it, that's something Dan and I have always focused on. We want people on the show that have done it, not guys that just think that their strategy works. We want people who walk the walk, that are in the leagues, that are in, in the draft rooms, that know the draft boards and that are winning, you know, on a more regular basis. And, and those are the guys that we try to bring on to the show. And, and that, I think, is where you get the value. But, yeah, you got to be open minded, I think, in all aspects of life. We talked about uh, dropping the ball. A guy that's in the news, unfortunately, he's a guy I was stacking off and especially with golf is Jamison Williams in Detroit. I don't know if uh, 
Balky, if you're if you if you were high on him coming in, he's got the gambling uh, suspension. I believe it's four games, right, Dan? Six. Six games, even worse. Yep. So six game suspension. He's dropping balls, and then just the the cherry on the Sunday, like just to make things even better, he gets in a, a skirmish uh, in, in training camp. So. I mean, how worried are you, Balky? Is this just like off-season stuff we're going to forget about when this guy comes back? Are you worried about it? Is this like another Stephen Ridley, Michael Thomas off-field guy we got to worry about? Where are you on the, the young receiver in Detroit? Yeah, quite frankly, and I know this is going to sound terrible, I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, like this this is great. Like I, I was I never – That was going to be the answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I was never a Jamison Williams guy, you know, especially when you come in, you know, think about Dynasty Ricky drafts, he's coming off the ACL and, and I was like, ah, I really want to waste a guy who is probably not going to play at all his rookie season, or even if he does, it's not going to be significant. So I kind of faded him there. Now he's coming in with the suspension this year. Um, the other stuff like the drops and, 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 and you're getting into fisticuffs with his teammates and Lions camp, uh, that doesn't make a difference to me. What makes a difference to me, and, and I look at the Fantasy Pros Championship ADP with him right now, wide receiver 49 in the 10th round for a team, by the way, that has um, I, I don't want to say Super Bowl aspirations, but there's a lot of people on the Lions bandwagon this year. Guys, that Dan, you know this. You're an NFC North guy. The Lions defense is historically bad still. It's still, if they had the opportunity to upgrade it, they did not in free agency and the NFL draft. Maybe a little bit, but not not enough. So the Lions are going to put up a lot of points this year. I love Laporta. Uh, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Jameer Gibbs is going crazy high in drafts. We saw him in the second round in the FFPC Pros versus Joes this week. So I, I think for Jamison Williams to be able to get a piece of that offense, and quite frankly, a significant piece of that offense, to get him now in double-digit rounds, after guys like Cortland Sutton, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, Elijah Moore, like I'm on board with that at that price. Now, if he starts making plays and, um, you know, people are really talking him up, at that point, maybe I'll be out on Jamison Williams. Right now at the 10.03 for his ADP, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you can just actually afford to sit a player like that on your bench because you can when it's a 10th round player. Uh, you know, when you're talking a fourth or fifth round player, it's it's really tough to afford to sit somebody on a bench for, for four mm-hmm. weeks or six weeks or what, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, for him, it would be six weeks. So I I love that discount. Otherwise, there's no chance I could be drafting him. It's, yeah. it's, it's roster construction, right? We, we Dan, last night we, we drafted Mims and, you you know, he would, there's injury news. and But you're not drafting these guys for the first half of the season. You're, you're drafting for that boost in the second half. You're taking guys like Marvin Jones in the first half to kind of complement you know, in your build. So you, you got to be strategic with it. But if you're smart in your build, you can include these guys and they can still win you. And right now they're at a discount, right? With all, all the bad news going on right now. So take advantage of that. Let's go to Dan's neck of the woods, Minnesota, Madison. Unfortunately, today I, I heard was limping off the field. I'm not a Madison guy, not someone I've invested in. I might be totally missing the boat on it. I'm investing kind of like Alex's, you know, strategy, taking those late guys and Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride. Um, then maybe we'll let Balky answer, and then you can give us the latest uh, from Minnesota if you've got any updates. But Balky, who's your favorite running back in Minnesota? Did you think Madison, or do you think Madison can take over that role? He he will take over the role. Um, how well he hangs onto it is is a matter of discussion, and that's why I'm kind of out on him as running back 19 as the end of the fifth round pick. That's where he's going to fantasy pros championship drafts right now. I'm going to find another running back. I like there better JD. I, I, you know, Madison could, I'm kind of with you. He could crush it. Maybe if he looks like Dalvin cook, he looks like Dalvin cook and I'll be crying myself to sleep at night. I'm good with that. Right. 
Um, but what I do like, and, and I haven't made up my mind on this, it's probably Chandler and McBride, and, and that's been the offseason conversation. What I do like is getting a piece of that later on, the guy behind the guy, to borrow the swingers reference, right? You get a guy like Ty Chandler in the 15th round. You get a guy like Dwayne McBride in the 18th round. These are, especially if you're a volume drafter, you know, grab Chandler in one draft, grab McBride, and then try to balance your, your shares out on that. I don't have a strong feeling on, on any of them. My only feeling here, Dan, is is I'm kind of out on Madison at his current price, but I do like um, you know those guys behind him when you're talking about 10-plus rounds that these guys are going after Madison goes. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I mean, Madison's price was uh, a little bit more palatable when there was some question about whether Dalvin Cook was going to leave because, I mean, you know, it was, it was fairly obvious that he was probably going to leave. Um, you know, the, the Vikings just – they were giving all kinds of signals that they just weren't going to plan to keep him around. So, uh, but once it became known that it was Madison's job, you know, now he's bounced up into the, you know, like fourth, fifth round. And that's, that's a little pricey for me because I, you know, the thing is he, he does everything all right, but he does nothing really well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe you can, maybe on a good offense, maybe he's enough better than the other guys, maybe, you know, but that's a lot of maybes in there. And yeah. I don't like saying that many maybes when I'm looking at somebody in the fifth round. I would rather I would rather feel a little bit stronger um, about him. You know, if I can't feel that strong about any of the running backs around there, then I'll go grab a wide receiver or something. Uh, but I, I just don't like drafting question marks quite uh, that early. And we, we took one, one running back, Dan, in the first eight rounds. I mean, these – Running backs in the first ten rounds are like um, uh, what are those mine? What's the word I'm thinking about? Uh, Land, landmines. Landmines. Yes. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Balky. They're literally like landmines, and we're already starting. Dan's laughing because I always forget a word. Uh, this, but this, this is starting... a game we play often on the go. Just, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the French. My brain goes to French. Yeah, my brain goes to French automatically when I when I can't think of the word. Um, so they're like landmines, and like Dan said, the amount that you invest in them. Is, is really the factor there. If you're waiting later and these guys are, A, the guys that you're taking later are starting to move up because of the landmines that are, you know, that are blowing up early. Um, but then those are, those are where you're starting to see these guys fall. So, you know, you got to be careful in your builds, whether you're robust RB or zero RB. I mean, we're going to, we're going to keep seeing more injuries, right guys? I mean, these guys are on the field now, so we're, we're going to start getting this news in and, and it's going to change a lot of the dynamics. Let's go to Chicago where I thought I was on an island kind of with the fields, DJ Moore stackage, you know, really feeling good about it. Now it's like everywhere, like everyone's loving that stack. Now everyone's feeling good about fields as a, as a uh, Packers fan, maybe give us like your quick rapid fire. How do you feel about this offense? And other than those two, is there anyone else you like in it? I, I've heard so many people, um, so many smart people talk about how they're out on DJ Moore this year. Um, not necessarily saying I am, but it has gotten me a little bit skittish on drafting DJ Moore. My first pick of the Scott Fishbowl I, was Justin Fields, so I'm obviously in on him this year. Um, I don't think uh, he needs to step up that much passing-wise in order to to come through, and especially like like Scott Fish or FFPC Superflex. I, I think he makes a lot of sense as your number one quarterback there. Um, I like Cole Komet. Um, a, a guy who just signed a, a big extension there. I, I'm kind of out on Khalil Herbert. I, I like Rashawn Johnson a little bit later, although um, the distance between those two has gotten a little bit closer over the last couple of months. Um, and and kind of like Chase Claypool, I'm out. No thanks. Darnell Mooney, I'm pretty much out on. Um, but I like more. I, I like Komet there. Um, and Alex, I'm kind of curious. I meant to actually ask you this, uh, uh, like with, with Fields when he was crushing it last season. 
over the course of your high stakes career, does Fields remind you of any other, you know, big time running backs? Is he comparable to Michael Dick? Is he comparable to some of these other running quarterbacks that have put up big numbers in high stakes fantasy football over the years? Because I kind of like Fields this year, and I'm wondering if if I'm misguided on that or if I'm I'm, if I'm out on the right path. No, I think he. I think uh, Fields. I, again, I you know haven't been following the ADP, but he's the type of guy. I think what he did in spurts. Uh, at the end of last year, I think you could expect to see that for the entire year, obviously assuming he's healthy. And that's a big assumption because for a guy that, you know, who runs like that, I mean, that's I mean, a little bit of Colin Kaepernick in him, you know, like in terms of, you know, Colin Kaepernick, remember he used to run like for 100 yards uh, a yeah. game. Yeah. And then he kind of, you know, crapped out uh, for a few games and, you know, he's uh, he's he's he could be potentially like a Cam uh, Cam Newton, where Cam was actually a, a pretty decent passer. You know, uh, I mean, he ran the ball, but he was a pretty decent passer. So Fields could become a decent pass. I mean, I think the upside there, it, it's I think the upside is number one quarterback overall, honestly. But mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I don't know if that's crazy or not to say. Uh, but uh, but I think it's about it's all about health. It's not too crazy, Alex, because last year he gave us two QB1 weeks and he gave you five top five QB weeks. And we saw what that offense looked like. They added a lot of pieces, including DJ Moore we talked about, fellow Canadian that's a little embarrassing right now, uh, Chase Claypool. And then you've got, you know, they've got three running backs that are any one of these guys could pop and be the guy any week. Uh, It sounds like they, you know, solidified the offensive line. So you got to think that there's an improvement there. And I think you're right. I think this guy, he, he can win you leagues. He can be the QB1. And that's why, you know, I, I wanted to get the opinion of a, of a, you know, their nemesis over there in Green Bay. Well, and, and, you- and I'll tell you this, J.D., if a Canadian's out on Mapletron, I am out on Mapletron. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no – what am I doing drafting Claypool at this point? And it's, it's, I'm glad Alex brought up Kaepernick. I actually went to journalism school with Cap, uh, Colin Kaepernick's cousin. And, and so he was always filling my mind about Kaepernick and everything. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And so then I always felt like I overvalued him until he destroyed my Packers in the playoffs, not once, but twice. And I was kind of like, you know, I know it's the smart thing to probably draft this guy. I couldn't do it, even though it would have brought me many, many victories here. I, as far as getting back to the bears thing, the offense is going to be improved this year. And I'll tell you what, the NFC North is wide open. I'm not a Lions guy that that I already said the defense is going to be terrible. Quite frankly, guys, you could tell me, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, or Detroit wins this division this year, and I will not be surprised. I think all four teams can do it. If you're going to pin me down to a prediction, I'm going to side with Dan Williamson's Vikings, even though I think they're in for a regression in the mean. I still think top to bottom, they're probably the best team prepared to win this division this year. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to be good. I just don't think it's going to be in 2023. I think it's a year off 2024. I think they get back to it. And I'll tell you this about the Lions, too. I've seen this so many times before where a team gets all this hype in one year and mm-hmm. then they fall flat on their face and then mm-hmm. everybody's out on them the following year and then they come through in 2024 so i think it's going to be a great dog fight in 2024 between the packers and lions for the nfc north i, I agree and i love i love the vikings call i don't know if you guys have seen quarterbacks but i'm, I'm a big fan of cousins man I, mm-hmm. I i love the story i'd love to see that guy end his career with you know a, a super bowl and i love i love the the, the new coaching regime and, and those two together seem to be meshing so i expect that offense especially if they can figure out the running back position i expect them to to definitely be a front runner and i think you're right about detroit there might be a letdown there alex do you have a favorite in this division um well i think my favorite is going to be you know some with the best i think the the number one quarterback 
or the most trustworthy quarterback, let's put it this way, fantasy aside, is probably the guy that I would roll with. So um, I guess I guess that has to be Cousins. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I mean, to, you know, to Balky's point, I understand what he's saying about Minnesota, but I, I'm not sure Minnesota's defense is any better than Detroit's. I think it's, so it's, it's interesting <laughs> you bring that up because I don't think they're great, but I do think, like, Detroit's is really bad, Dan. Like, Minnesota's yeah. is, is not great. Like, it's nothing to write home about, but I do still think they're a notch above the Lions. I, I'm still bearing scars right. from the playoff game against the uh, the Giants last year. The Giants, Alex's yeah. Giants just absolutely <laughs> – I mean that, that was that was shades of uh, basically shades of uh, the the seven, 1969 whatever it was uh, when the when the Chiefs beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. uh, Hank Stram was matriculating the team up and down the field, um, you know, and that's that's exactly what the Giants were doing. Did I, you know. did you guys in Minnesota did you guys uh, think that felt feel comfortable at that game? Because I'll tell you. The mood in New York last year was that we were going to win that game. It was, there was, there was, you know, not because we're homers, but you know, it, it, we really felt strongly about that game. The same way that the next next week we thought we were going to get crushed, and we did against the Eagles. Well, how was Minnesota? What did you guys feel? Uh, well, this is Minnesota. We have we have a long history with the Vikings, so we we know <laughs> never to get too high. Um, you know, never expect too much. I. You know, I, I definitely went into it thinking, you know, the Giants certainly can win this game. There's no question yeah. about it. I thought the Vikings, if they could just play some decent defense, they could probably win the game. And I think that would have been the case. But they just couldn't play decent defense. And, uh, right. you know, hats off to uh, Brian Dable. Uh, they put together an excellent offensive game plan that really exploited some holes in the, in the Vikings' defense. You know, and they just... They couldn't adjust fast enough is what it came down to. You, you know, Dan, to that point about the Vikings defense and how you can exploit that this year for fantasy, I just took uh, – I was in a draft, uh, uh, slow draft. My third-round pick was T- – our fourth-round pick, beg your pardon, TJ Hawkinson. I think that Vikings defense uh, still leaves a lot to be desired this year. And mm-hmm. and I think about what they did in the offseason with Jordan Addison and, and, and the fact that they are not pumping any significant amount of either draft capital – or cash into that backfield, man, Kirk Cousins' arm is going to fall off this year. Mm-hmm. Jefferson's in for a big season. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson's in for a big season. You can make the case for Osborne late, Addison in the middle rounds too. So I think there's a lot to love about the Vikings. They had a team last year that was so successful in one-score games that it's really difficult for me to see them doing that again, and I think that's good for fantasy. I think it's good yeah. to invest in the Vikings this year because I think that well, while a lot of people might be down on the team itself, you should not be down on the offense, especially the passing portion of the offense. I think they put up big numbers this year. Absolutely, that's a that's a great point. Uh, you know, when the when the circus comes to town, you want to be part of it, and the circus <laughs> is definitely coming to Minnesota. And when we're talking fantasy, the circus is a bad defense with a good passing offense. So that's uh, that's what we want to see, and that's what we got there. Same thing in Detroit. So I I'm, I'm loading up on both teams. Yeah. Be a lot of shootouts in the NFC North. Yeah, sure. which is gonna which is gonna be fun. They're kind of like the AFC North. So guys, this has been a blast. We appreciate you guys hanging with us tonight. He's at Eric Balkman. Balky, we appreciate you hanging with us tonight. Check out the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Alex, we appreciate your time. We appreciate everything you do, all the support you give, all the love you give, and not only to us, but to the community altogether. Um, thanks for spending time tonight and giving us kind of that backstage uh, view of the FFPC. Guys, my FFPC 
com. Use the code UNDERWORLD to get your initial discount. Dan, always a blast with you, my friend. Check out the Goat District YouTube channel. We've got Ballin. I've got a Maddie Kiwoom BBT coming out. Dan and I have the Owner's Lounge that we just released. And then we're going to have the Pros versus Joe's backstage version of Dan, myself, Theo, and Andrew. Defending the belt. The defense the draft. draft. Exactly. The title, defense draft. So go check that out on the Go District YouTube channel. It'll be the, the draft will be there in the next 48 hours. Guys, you've been awesome tonight. We appreciate you guys spending the time. Make sure you get in those draft rooms, whether it's best ball redraft. Go smash, and we'll check you all. Later. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex, then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up GOAT District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish.